everyone, and welcome to the 12th episode of What the Family Studies. I'm your co-host, Laura Hadier, and today I'll be interviewing Lasha Hutzel about the value of networking in the foods curriculum. Lasha is a high school family studies teacher at St. Thomas More Catholic Secondary School in Hamilton, Ontario. Lasha came into teaching with background and full-time career in dietetics and public health promotion. She spent many years developing food and nutrition resources and programming that teachers could use in the classroom with students. And she truly believes that school communities have the opportunity to create environments where the healthy choice is the easy and safe choice. And I'm Catherine Murphy. Lasha works collaboratively now to reinforce current trends and strategies with both staff and students that help to make food experience fun in the classroom and strive to undo diet culture. She values the expertise of colleagues and partners in the health and education community that work in tandem to achieve more than she could herself. She believes that a fun foods class classroom can be the impetus for fun food experiences at home and beyond. So let's go over our learning goals for today with Lasha. First of all, we want to get to know Lasha and more about her career as a family studies teacher. Second, we want to learn more about the different associations that support family studies and home economics educators and the roles that one can take to get involved with them. And we want to finally gain an understanding of the benefits of networking to both teachers and students in the classroom. So to start off, welcome Lasha. Can you tell us a little bit about your pathway to becoming a family studies teacher? Absolutely. Thanks for having me here today. So my pathway in terms of becoming a family studies teacher seems kind of funny to me when I get asked that question. I never took a home economics family studies class in high school myself. My mom always suggested that I take classes that she couldn't teach me anything about. So she always said, you know, take science or take typing, take math, take even take art. I can't teach you these things. Don't take things that I can teach you at home. And so, I, you know, I didn't take any family studies classes. And I kind of regret that because she was an amazing seamstress. She knew how to sew beautifully. And both my older sisters got those lessons from her. I never got them. She did teach me to cook. And I, you know, did get a lot of that expertise from her. But my pathway probably really started when I became interested in new nutrition. In grade 10, my dad suffered a really bad heart attack. And because of that, our family was kind of prompted to learn a lot of things about how daily diet and routine affect your health. And that really, I think, was the impetus for me becoming interested in nutrition and understanding the role of nutrition and diet in health. And that kind of developed into me wanting to do a high school co-op in nutrition. And then once I completed that, I went to school for food and nutrition and had applied to become either a teacher or go into dietetics and applied to do an internship in dietetics and teachers college at the same time, got into both and decided to do my internship. It was tougher to get into at the time. And then I worked as a dietitian for a long time, spending my time in public health, providing services to high school teachers. So I spent all of my years in public health, going into high schools, working with high school teachers, developing resources for them to use in the classroom. And then with my teaching degree, I kind of kept it in my back pocket and one day realized that I could be in the classroom with those students every day, maybe impacting them in a more direct way rather than in servicing teachers. And so decided to leave public health and joined the teaching career full time 
probably about eight or nine years ago. And that's my story. Amazing. Do you love teaching? I love spending time with students. So, you know, that was a, it was a really good choice for me. I had a similar situation. I went into nutrition at Brescia in the dietetics program, not knowing that there was different nutrition pathways to take. So I just thought it was one thing you go into dietetics and you're in dietetics. And on the very first day, the nutrition teacher started talking and saying like, there's all these different pathways. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I want to consider teaching. And so I went to the guidance office right after my first class. And they were like, yeah, we'll just switch you into the like combined program of nutrition and family studies. And that's what I did. Let's talk about Offshia a little bit. So this past weekend, you represented Offshia at the Canadian Symposium in, was it Saskatchewan? Yeah, so Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Okay, Can you just tell us a little bit about what the symposium was about, how you attend or like what, what is held, what happens there? Absolutely. So the Canadian Symposium for Home Economics Family Studies Educators is a conference that happens every two years. And it is a place and I guess event that brings together family studies, educators, research students, academics, home economists from around the entire country. It is kind of a unique opportunity to gather a variety of family studies teachers together in one place, kind of at one time. At that event, it's kind of a forum to really voice your concerns and I guess your great things that are also happening in your world of family studies teaching. It's an awesome opportunity to get together with like-minded people, academics, people doing research in family studies, but you're getting together with teachers who are teaching the same kind of craft and content area as you are in other parts of the country. And it's fascinating how you feel super connected because there is this consistent base that you have, but at the same time, every province runs family studies, home economics, family and consumer sciences a little bit differently. And you learn from that. That's something that I feel like I should have went to because literally last week I was talking to my boyfriend about how I kind of want to move to Alberta, like randomly. And he's like, yeah, we could do that. Like, sure, I can apply there. And I was like, okay, but teaching would be so different there. And I, I want to know someone that teaches family studies and see how it's different. So that, that would be a really interesting opportunity. I feel like I would have a lot of questions for everyone. So you're currently working as the vice president of Offshia, and previous to this role, you were on the board as a representative for the Central West region. Can you tell us why you decided to take on the leadership role that you did with Offshia, and have you gained anything from being a part of Offshia? Sure. When I initially took on the role of a Central West representative, so a regional representative with Afshia, I was a little bit nervous, honestly, to take on that leadership role. I think because the previous people who had held the positions in these roles always seem so well versed in leadership skills, in advocacy skills, in speaking skills, in writing skills, it felt like, you know, I would have really big shoes to fill. But the biggest reason that I wanted to take on that role was to be able to learn. I felt that with this expertise that was exhibited by a lot of these players in this organization, I could only learn from them. So I'm a consummate learner. I'm always reading, researching, sleuthing, like I kind of always want to know more. So taking on that leadership role would allow me to learn from them. 
And Afshia is such a safe place to learn from. The expertise of others has always been really, really kind in a professional way. It's a very welcoming group. And in my years as a Central West rep and now kind of in a vice president role, I've gained the opportunity to be in the know, that kind of know what is happening at the forefront of family studies from advocacy efforts with the Ministry of Education to, you know, academic topics, curriculum topics, even when it comes to kind of workplace and work issue topics, we seem to be in the know because we're in this kind of leadership group that is contacted first when it comes to getting together with family studies teachers or wanting the voice of family studies teacher. I've gained a huge number of new colleagues because I'm part of this Afshia group. So colleagues in teaching and even colleagues beyond teaching. So Afshia is an organization that represents family studies teachers all over the province. And as such, it kind of gives you the opportunity to collaborate and interact with varied people really kind of vast knowledge bases. And I love that. Really interesting that you mentioned the leadership being scared to kind of jump into that. And I feel like a lot of people feel that way. I've always felt that way. Even with this podcast, I, I kind of hummed and hawed as to like whether or not I wanted to do it. And I was like, you know what, I should just try because it, it's a good way to dip my toes into Afshia and get to know people. And it's been amazing. So that's awesome. It is amazing, actually. We have met a lot of really great people. Lashley, you know, I think earlier in my career, I would think that maybe networking isn't important for teachers. Maybe it's not something that we really need to do. It's it's for other people in, in other jobs. But I think I'm realizing I was wrong. Why have you chosen to network with others? And tell us a bit about some of the connections that you've made that you found valuable to your work and also personally. I think that when you network with others, you expand your own expertise. And often you expand your knowledge and your understanding of topics, you understand organizations better. And I think what you gain is more of an understanding of the ways of doing things. We are now exposed to this variety of not only teacher habits, but we then start to learn organizational habits as one organization interacts with another. And we start to also learn a little bit about, you know, business etiquette from different organizations. And so in many ways, that's what networking brings you is kind of a different way of doing things and understanding. And I think networking also can lessen your load. So like in my most recent years of Afshia in working on some anti-diet culture resources, I was able to build partnerships with organizations like NEDIC, the National Eating Disorder Information Center, and Nutrition Communications, which are the dietitians at Ontario Public Health, and Dietitians for Teachers. So all of these different organizations have been able to link together and We've become now closer as colleagues, even though we're not all teachers. So that networking links us to experts like social workers and dietitians, speech language pathologists, academic researchers, and that allows us to kind of get a better understanding on topics and to kind of broaden our approach. I love it now that when I have a question that is on a topic that I think that some other organization or person in another organization would probably be able to answer, 
I don't feel weird sending them an email to ask that question. And I recognize now that when they receive that email from me as an educator, they also know that I'm a representative of Afshia and they know who I am. They're willing to give up that information. They know where that information is going when it comes to the organization that it will be spread to. There's an example just this past weekend when I was in Saskatoon, I introduced myself to Dr. Joyce Slater. She works at the University of of Manitoba as a dietitian, but she's also created a huge resource of kind of food related literature that she's posted onto this fan lit online kind of resource page. And when I introduced myself and said to her, Oh my goodness, Afshia has been utilizing that resource page. We love the work that you're doing there. She just responded super generously and said, anything that you need, just let me know, shoot me an email. And so those relationships that we build with networking are so valuable, I think, because of that. I think you made some really important points there too. First of all, talking about lightening the load, I think all of us could probably use that at some point in time during our school year. It's so busy and and we get overwhelmed. So having those networks to help us out is pretty important. And I think it's important too, you know, when, when I'm thinking networking, I'm thinking other teachers, but you mentioned so many other groups and so many other avenues that we could go down to find, you know, the important resources that we need in our classroom. So that, that's great. How do these, these networking connections, how do they impact what you do in the classroom on a, on a regular basis? And, and what impact do they have on the students and your school? So when we network with colleagues, we're really able to use their experience as our own. So I think we're able to gain their expertise. We don't have to necessarily flounder. We take what it is that they have learned and we can then deliver that information and and better resources to our students. When we hear firsthand how either other teachers or other professionals have used lessons or have started certain school initiatives or have been involved in new projects and we get to hear how how those things have unfolded in their worlds, we're better to implement them in our own schools, in our own classrooms. And, you know, one thing that's kind of interesting about being in this network system is that we're not necessarily always the receiver of, a you know, networking in a situation, we're often the giver too. And that's mm-hmm. super satisfying. So when you yourself find a resource that has worked really well in your own classroom, and students have given you a really positive response to that, it helps that you can now kind of proudly pass it on. And that lifts you up as a person like personally and professionally. And when you share or when I share what I have to my students, my students benefit, right? So what we've learned from all of our colleagues, the students will always benefit. Yeah. And and you know, when when it comes to networking, I think we need to give a bit of a shout out to the Ontario Family Studies Facebook page too, because I find that through that I've learned so much, met so many other teachers from across Ontario and gotten so many great ideas to use in the classroom and, you know, take them and implement them and use them as yours. And I think that's wonderful for all of those, those students that we teach on a daily basis. So you've been teaching a few years. We just want to know what advice would you give to teachers new to teaching? 
my daughter is a new teacher. So I've been teaching the last couple of years. She's taken her family studies AQ part one. She taught in the UK for the last couple of years, came back to Canada and registered right away for that AQ. So I'm pretty excited for her. And I think if I had to give her a little bit of advice, because she's kind of a new teacher, and I have said to her to not take everything so seriously and to take a little bit of time to breathe when you are trying to develop things for your lessons and get established in your school. I think in this day of kind of hyper availability of resources and cool projects and, you know, seeing what people post on social media, Instagram, the like, it sometimes feel like you have to do it all. And I think my best advice would be to not be afraid to lean on others for those resources, not feel like you have to do it all at once, and to try to utilize what teachers are willing to share with you so that you don't reinvent the wheel. The other little piece of advice I would give is to say to reflect yourself in your classroom. I think students love to get to know you and not just your content area and not just you in your teacher persona. I think being yourself and having your students recognize who you are in your classroom as a person helps to build rapport with students. And I think it often allows for really cool sharing and a better experience overall for yourself. So I think those would be my two bits of advice. I think that's great advice. I think it is important for students to get to know their teachers a little bit. We don't all sleep under our desk at night. We actually have lives outside of the classroom. But I think also it's really important to have maybe that, I don't want to say older professional, but that more experienced teacher to tell them, slow down. You don't need to do everything at once. Take your time. I know I had that when I began teaching and I appreciated it. Lasha, now is time for our rapid fire questions. So Laura's going to take over and she's going to ask you just a couple of questions very quickly and see how you respond. Before I go into that, I just want to say like, thank you so much for joining us and talking about this stuff. I feel like networking is so incredibly important for new teachers and I'm a brand new teacher. My dad has preached this my whole life. Shout out to Tibor Hadir. He's a business guy. So he has always said networking, networking, networking. It's so important and it truly so is. And it has saved me in so many ways in my first year of teaching. And I also like that you said you know, don't take things so seriously and don't overthink things, right? Because I feel like there's so many times when I want to reach out for help and then I'm like, oh, but I don't know, I'm too scared this person's going to judge me or whatever. But it's never been the case. Every time I've reached out, people are more than happy to help. My department head for this year, Susan Smith, has been incredibly helpful for me. So it's just amazing. You just have to reach out. People are always willing to help in this career. So that's awesome. Thank you for the advice. So rapid fire questions. If you had to choose two meals to survive off of for the rest of your life, what would they be? Not two. Only one, and it is sandwiches, sandwiches, sandwiches. It's my favorite meal because it can be varied. And so the answer is sandwiches. Interesting. Okay. Would you rather wake up at 5 a.m. for the rest of your life or wake up at noon for the rest of your life? Choose carefully. Mm. I have now become an early riser. 5 a.m. would be my preference. I get up at that hour because it is quiet and still, and it is kind of my slow time. I don't need to rush at that hour. And 
Yep. I could handle a little bit less sleep if I can have a little bit of solitude time to myself in the still of the morning. So it's 5am for me. I agree, you know, and I feel like a lot of people would actually agree when you really think about it, and you can be more productive that way. And you might not lose sleep if you go to bed early. So it could work. What is your favorite quality in your best friend? I would say conversation. So more than one best friend, I would think in in any of my best friends, it's just about conversation and connectedness. When you can laugh with that person because the conversation runs freely and there is, you know, some common ground to talk about, I think that's what makes it kind of near and dear. And so connecting and conversation, that would be my my go-to. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that's definitely an important one. Okay. Sweet or salty? You can't choose both. Salty for me. Yep. What recipe that you've made in a foods class was the absolute best? Oh my goodness. Which one? So many. I think, you know what? I think it is a vegetable frittata. It's either that or kind of a famous coleslaw recipe. And the reason why is because I have students who graduated a long time ago from my foods classes who will still text me now and say, where's that recipe for that really cool coleslaw where we use the peach yogurt as the dressing? I forgot my recipe and I need you to send it to me. So I'm thinking that one and my vegetable vegetable frittata they're the ones that my students always text me for over and over again so it's those you should share those in the show now <laughs> I should <laughs> I can do it Lasha Hutzel is a high school family studies teacher at St. Thomas More Catholic Secondary School in Hamilton Ontario she has a background in dietetics and public health promotion thanks so much for joining us Lasha on this episode of what the family studies it has been my absolute pleasure thank you Join us for our next podcast about family studies promotion and engaging and increasing the numbers of students in our programs. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of What the Family Studies. All links, resources, and social media platforms mentioned can be found in the show notes. Remember to subscribe to be notified when we release new episodes. Thanks for listening. What the Family Studies is brought to you by the Ontario Family Studies Home Economics Educators Association. Special thanks to our producer, Michelin Gallant, tech support and podcast editor, Cassandra McEachern, and our co-hosts, Catherine Murphy and Laura Hattier.